Hello, Defenders. We continue today with our read aloud of the tale of Despero. Don't forget, you can find your reading response journal at bit.ly forward slash VDPS project journal. Now on to chapters 38 and 39 of the tale of Despero. Chapter 38, To the Dungeon. The strange threesome made their way down the golden stairs of the castle. The princess and Mig walked side by side and Mascuro hid himself again in the pocket of Mig's apron and Mig pointed the sharp tip sharp tip of the knife at the princess's back, and together they went down, down, down. The princess was led to her fate, as around her everyone slept. The king slept in his giant bed with his crown on his head and his hands crossed on his chest, dreaming that his wife, the queen, was a bird with gold and green feathers who called his name Philip, 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 without ceasing. Cook slept in a too small bed off the kitchen, dreaming of a recipe for soup that she could not find. Where did I put that? She mumbled in her sleep. Where did that recipe go? It was the queen's favorite soup. I must find it. And not far from Cook, in a, pa in a pantry atop a bag of flour, slept the mouse Despero, dreaming, as you know, reader, of knights in shining armor, of darkness and of light. And in the whole of the darkened sleeping castle, there was only the light of the candle in the hand of Migri Sow. The candle shone on the princess's dress and made it sparkle, and the princess walked tall in the light and tried not to be afraid. In this story, reader, we have talked about the heart of the mouse and the heart of the rat and the heart of the serving girl, Megary Sow, but we have not talked about the heart of the princess. Like most hearts, it was complicated, shaded with dark and dappled with light. The dark things in the princess's heart were these, a very small, very hot, burning coal of hatred for the rat who was responsible for her mother's death. And the other darkness was a tremendous sorrow, a deep sadness that her mother was dead and the princess could now only talk to her in her dreams. And what of the light in the princess's heart? Reader, I am pleased to tell you that the pea was a kind person, and more important, she was empathetic. Do you know what it means to be empathetic? I will tell you. It means that when you are being forcibly taken to a dungeon, when you have a large knife pointed at your back, when you are trying to be brave, you are able still to think for a moment of the person who is holding that knife. You are able to think, oh, poor Mig, she wants to be a princess so badly, and she thinks this is the way. Poor, poor Mig. What must it be like to want something that desperately? That, reader, is empathy. And now you have a small map of the princess's heart, hatred, sorrow, kindness, empathy. The heart she carries inside her as she went down the golden stairs through the kitchen. And finally, just as the sky outside the castle began to lighten, down into the dark dungeon with the rat and the serving girl. Chapter 39, Missing. The sun rose and shed light on what Rescuro and Miggery Sow had done. And finally, Despero awoke. But alas, he awoke too late. I haven't seen her, Louise was shouting. And I tell you, I wash my hands of her. If she's missing, I say good riddance. Good riddance to bad rubbish. Despero sat up. He looked behind him. Oh, his tail gone. Given over to the knife and where his tail should be, nothing but a bloody stump. And more foul play. Gregory dead, shouted the cook. Poor old man, that rope was broken by who knows what and lost him in the dark and frightened him to death because of it. It's too much. Oh no, whispered Despero. Oh no, Gregory is dead. The mouse got to his feet and began the long climb down from the shelf. Once he was on the floor, he stuck his head around the door of the pantry and saw a cook standing in the center of the kitchen, wringing her fat hands. Beside her stood a tall woman jangling a ring of keys. That's right, said Louise. All the king's men were down there searching for her in the dungeon. And when they come back up, what do they have with them? The old man, dead. And now you tell me that Mig is missing and I say, who cares? Despero made a small noise of despair. He had slept too long. The rat had already acted. The princess was gone. 
What kind of world is it, Miss Louise, where princesses are taken from right under our nose and queens drop dead and we cannot even take comfort in soup? And with this, Cook started to cry. Shh, said Louise, I beg you, do not say that word. Soup, shouted Cook. I will say it, no one can stop me. Soup, soup, soup. And then she began to cry in earnest, wailing and sobbing. There, there, said Louise. She put out a hand to touch Cook, but Cook slapped it away. It will be all right, said Louise. Cook brought the hem of her apron up to wipe at her tears. It won't, she said. It won't be all right ever again. They've taken our little darling away. There ain't nothing to live left to live for without the princess. Desper was amazed to have exactly what was in his heart spoken aloud by such a ferocious, mouse-hating woman as Cook. Louise again reached out to touch Cook, and this time Cook allowed her to put an arm around her shoulder. What will we do? What will we do? wailed Cook. And Louise said, shh, there, there. Alas, there was no one there to comfort Despero. There was no time anyway for him to cry. He knew what he had to do. He had to find the king. For, having heard Rescuro's plan reader, Despero knew the princess was hidden in the dungeon. And being somewhat smarter than Miggery Sow, he sensed the terrible unspoken truth behind Rescuro's words. He knew Mig could never be a princess. And he knew that the rat, once he had captured P, would never let her go. And so, the small mouse who had been dipped in oil, covered in flour, and relieved of his tail, slipped out of the pantry and passed the weeping ladies. He went to find the king.